Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. I'm Eric Pennington, and joining me as always is Jeff East. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, Eric. Hello, everyone out there. So today, Jeff, I'm going to talk about core beliefs. Okay. Um, that Those two words uh, may be familiar to many. It might be kind of uh, different for others, um, and I'm sure it brings up different connotations mm -hmm. and different definitions. My, I'm going to, I'm going to take some time today to talk about what they are and how did, how did we get them? Right. Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what's their impact, you know, who do they impact? Right. That kind of thing. Uh, and then I want to talk about, um, if it's a negative core belief, how can we change it? Right. Okay. So, right. Um, I told you off air that, you know, I had some experiences in the last week or so that really was driving this home and using this, um, this idea. And core beliefs um, for the audience, um, it, these are these things we believe about ourselves, about the world, for example, um, and they typically are formed like when we're kids, right? So what's the reason behind that? The big part of it is when we're kids, seven, eight, nine years old, what have you, when we encounter, whether it be a parental figure, a teacher, could be a coach, could be a church, synagogue, temple, whatever, mm -hmm. and the ideas that come from those uh, sources, um, we aren't developed enough in our brain to be to practice critical thinking, um, to to be able to um, pivot to do those kind of things that kind of reframes the situation or what was said. So we're very much like we're sponges, mm -hmm. right? So take an example, and this can be both positive and negative. So if you got a negative message from a parent that said, the best you're ever going to do is, is, is to get a, a part-time minimum wage job. That's just the way it is in our family. Okay. Maybe that was the history of the family. Okay, the kid is going to take that in as, oh, yes, uh, the best I'm going to do, part-time job, minimum wage, that's as good as it's going to get. Mm -hmm. And they go on, that's a part of life now. You know, we've talked about it, Jeff. A neural pathway right. was, was just developed, right? Mm -hmm. So a positive one might be, maybe a coach said, you're not only one of the most talented baseball players, You've got a great heart, and both of those are going to make you successful at no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. In the same way, 
a sponge. They take it in. Can we? This is for my own brain. Yeah. So when people, when I first heard the topic for today that you brought up, you said core belief. Mm -hmm. My mind went to core value. Mm. A core value to me is something that you've decided upon. Yes, exactly. A core belief is what you've been taught or sensitized to something like that is that is that yeah you're heading down the right direction because ultimately you 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 didn't really have a choice just because of at the age of your development you didn't have any tools to be able to say wait a minute my dad just told me that a part-time job minimum wage is the best it's going to get wait a minute he can't know that for sure right and how do i know that everybody in our family ended up only getting part-time jobs with minimum wage income Mm, dad, I need a little bit more information from right. you. As a kid, you wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You, 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 would, you didn't have the tools. Right. Certainly, the message is very clear for all of us as parents, for, for whatever time frame we're in or the case may be. Any, any leader, someone with influence, be careful the messages that you communicate to people. Mm-hmm. Because even in adulthood, I mean, it's not just like, hey, it all happens in this window of time when you're a kid, and then after it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we're it just just to understand. So these core beliefs, be they negative or positive, they they begin to be lived out. Okay, right now, as I'm sure you realize, Jeff, I mean, in the audience, the danger is is that we might take that into adulthood, right? Right. And you'd say, well, Eric, oh, oh, well, no, I wouldn't because when I become an adult, I realize that I can do better than a part-time job. Or um, I, I realize maybe on the other end, maybe just because I have a good heart, that's not going to lead to But most of the people that I inter- I've interacted with, they did not take any time to question core beliefs when they became adults. Right. Because it's so real to them. It's so, it's so real to them whatever that may be. So in part of this, uh, yes, as some might say, if you think about your core beliefs, probably the vast majority of them are negative. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that tend to stick the greatest. Right. Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that, right? Um, and what I want to get to today in the show is about how are we dealing with them? This is curiosity. We're not judging you know, and hopefully you in the audience out there will not go looking at your negative core beliefs and tell yourself, shame on me for thinking that, that way. That's not what this session, not what this episode is about. It's for you to examine, to be curious. Okay, well, why do I believe that? What's behind that? Mm-hmm. Because what you might find is that when you heard that negative message from a parent, for example, could it be that maybe your mom was just having a really bad day? <laughs> Dad called and tires flat. Do you have the phone number to the repair place? Sister of your mom calls and says, Dad's really sick. We don't think he's going to make it. Dishwasher breaks down. And then you come into the room saying, I don't want to put this away. <laughs> and your mom in a moment said, you're always doing this. And if you don't change, you're going to end up being alone in life. Right. All in that moment. 
Now you could say, mom should never say that. Jeff, <laughs> you ever said anything that you regret? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, mothers especially should be sainted, but mm. saints aren't perfect. <laughs> Nobody is perfect. <laughs> right. Everybody's a bad day. Everybody was caught off guard. I, I didn't mean to say that. I didn't quite uh, hold on, right? So all of this plays into this dynamic of let's be curious. Maybe maybe she was just having a bad day. And even if she wasn't, maybe she did meet it. Maybe, But is it true? Is it true that every person on the planet is going to experience this? Is it true that I am the only one on the planet that will experience it because <laughs> I am not worthy? I am not good. Is that true? No. No. And if you said it was true, how do you know it's true? Great example. We talk about relations as it relates to ethnic groups, right? Mm -hmm. And had this conversation as well in the last few weeks, all this awakenings, right? All these awakenings. And, you know, the person's making a blanket statement about a group of people. And I go, so over your lifetime, how many of those people have you interacted with? <laughs> and I jumped in before they answered. And maybe that was rude of me, but I said, I got to imagine what? You're this old, uh, 250, maybe 500. Okay. I'm going to be generous and say maybe a thousand people because you're one of the unique ones. And this population, this group that you're angry with as a whole makes up for about 35 million people. So you have experienced a thousand people out of 35 million. <laughs> I'm not real good at math, so I can't tell you exactly what that percentage is. And then I put my hand out. The, you know, those of you in the audience, we're not recording by video, but Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not trying to dismiss the negative experience that you had, but is that one negative experience or two negative experience, is that enough to say that every person that looks like that is this, <laughs> all I'm saying, I think if we're curious and are willing to kind of peel it back a bit, where's it coming from? What's behind it? Why do I come to these kind of conclusions, right? Oftentimes core beliefs because Jeff and in this example, if your dad says that particular group is to stay away from them, they're they're this, they're that, they don't do this, they don't do that. They are always involved in this, and they're always involved in that. Boom, you just absorb it in. So you walk out into the world, you see that type of person that looks that way. Guess what? You're going to believe that. That's right. a core belief. Not very scientific, is it? And you know what? I'm A-OK -okay with that reality, but I, I think we'd all do ourselves a favor if we would go, it's not very scientific, so I probably shouldn't say that. That's mm -hmm. not real scientific, so I'm, I probably should hold back until I've got more information. <laughs> but have you noticed in America, we're, we go in double barrel. <laughs> you know, we come in and we just scorch the earth. And what's so ironic about it, to me at least, is that we scorch the earth and then we look back and go, oh, 
I don't know if I really wanted to scorch the earth. <laughs> but in the moment, it felt like the right thing to do. And so there's a little bit of that emotional intelligence piece that kind of connects there, right? Right. So again, we can trace those back to those core beliefs. So Jeff, I'll I'll just kind of get your thoughts on this, okay. this part. Um, what do you think these core beliefs impact? What are some areas of life that they impact? Well, I think the the first one that pops to my mind is relationship. Relationships. You know, obviously, you know, with what we've been talking about, your relationship with, (laughs) my relationship with a whole race of people. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like we just talked about it, it, we're kind of laughing about it now, but just how ridiculous is that? But um, your relationships, um, and then if, you know, we've talked about a couple, I think a couple episodes about the, the spiritual emotional intelligence that, that we have a, the profile for and soon, hopefully the assessment Yeah. <laughs> uh, about connection. To me, relationship is like the first level and then connection, you know, goes deeper. You've totally cut off any chance of connecting with someone. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think these, these core beliefs also, um, affect how you're connecting or relating to yourself because that's one of the things we talk about in the the spiritual is how well are you connected to yourself Mm -hmm. and if you're basing everything on these beliefs of um, distrust or maybe hatred is too long you know whatever for other people how are you are you connecting the same way with yourself so I think these core beliefs impact a lot of different parts of your life, but I think it's mainly with connection. Yeah. And I'm glad you said it that way too, Jeff, because this is not an exhaustive episode on core beliefs. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to this. And quite frankly, in many respects, it may, uh, it may speak to the the need for clinician help Mm -hmm. um, as it relates to navigating them. So um, that's an important thing to mention as well. Um, so what about when we think about the impact of the core beliefs on uh, those closest to us, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my example about the ethnic group thing, um, I did not mention, but if my dad gave me that speech at eight, I absorbed it in. It became a core belief. Mm-hmm. I become an adult. I didn't do a check. I just kept rolling with it. And as neural pathways are, Jeff, as we've talked so many times, they're very powerful, very powerful. And I say I get married and I have kids. I'm going to say I have a son and he's eight years old. I haven't done anything about that core belief. I haven't examined it. I'm not curious about it. I'm just, it's how I believe things are, Mm -hmm. whether it's, again, whether it's my belief of what the world is, my belief in who people are, belief in who I am. Right. And I extend that to him. I give him, maybe not the exact same speech that my dad gave me, but by way of example here with this story, then he takes it in. Uh, and I think you said something that's important. You said, uh, by what you tell him, you don't have to say a word. Observation. How behavior. do you react? Yeah. You know, how... Do, um, how do you treat this person of that one person out of the 35 million? 
Yeah. Well, here, here's an example for you um, that, that really kind of illustrates. Um, many, 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 many years ago, um, I sold men's clothing. And I can remember the client. He was always very nice to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, cordial, pleasant, and such. And I had helped him out many times. Well, this one particular time, he came in with his son. And his son, if my memory would serve, I would have guessed he was probably, he's probably eight or nine, mm-hmm. somewhere around there. And I greeted his dad, you know, same deal. His dad's looking at clothes. And I'm kind of standing there, and the son's, you know, he's right real close to me, and he's kind of fidgeting a little bit, and he's kind of laughing a little bit. And, you know, I'm just smiling. And then he says to me, my dad says, I'm not supposed to talk to colored people. (laughs) And I looked at him. Now, my irreverent humor was about to come out, and I would say, well, what color am I? (laughs) But I didn't do that. That was a missed one-liner opportunity, Mm -hmm. I will admit. But even then, it made me realize, wow, okay, I get it. This, though, I and I didn't have the kind of relationship with the father to be able to say, hey, you got a second? Because your son said something to me. Is that reflective of you? I didn't have that kind of relationship. Right. But where did his son get that? Well, he said it, right? I know. But, mm-hmm. I mean, even if his dad didn't say, hey, let me sit you down and tell you. I mean, you know, you don't talk to them, right? Maybe the son observed his dad. Say it's someone else. Maybe saw his dad. Hey, I see that type of people. I go over on this side of the street, right? Now, Jeff, you know I'm one of the um, strange ones on the planet, so this is not (laughs) shocking to you. I feel deep empathy for those people because even though back then I probably wouldn't have recognized his core beliefs, there's a root. You know, and this is going to go a little bit dark, but I can remember um, there was a suicide bombing. Mm -hmm. And I expressed empathy for the people, the, the person that did it. Mm-hmm. How can you do that? That's how he was taught. There was no, he he was this person was so indoctrinated he didn't have a choice really. And what you're talking about with with this this guy's son, he didn't have a choice. Well, here's where I'll play contrarian with you, okay. Jeff, about that. Um. You're right. I agree with you in that sense because the power of a core belief is that that person does not it does not register to them that there's something significantly mm-hmm. wrong. Right. Now, within the margin of I believe in every human being there is a sense of this is right and this is wrong, right? But you and I both know the power of what one believes and how one thinks connected is very, very powerful, Mm -hmm. right? So I wouldn't rob them of choice per se, but I would say that the heavy influence of that is such that I get what you're saying. They've never, I just don't want to talk about those two examples that we just talked about because I I don't want to keep going down that road, but they've never been taught 
and I know we've said this a million times, they've never been taught curiosity. Yes, and and Jeff, when you think about it, where would you get that? You you would get it. I mean, I'm looking at modern day today. Mm-hmm. You'd probably get that from a qualified clinician, a mm-hmm. counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, right? You might be able to get it from a religious leader, a, a pastor, a, a rabbi, a priest, okay? Um, you're not going to get it from at least the American society that I see is typically not interested in talking to you. I mean, when was the last time you saw an article on core beliefs? Right. When was the last time that Bill Maher on Real Time said, hey, we're going to dedicate some time tonight to talk about core beliefs? Right. I mean, I'm sure those folks and media entertainment say, there's no money in core beliefs, man. <laughs> okay. So, therefore, where do they where do, where do they learn it from? Who will take the time to say, hey, um, let's just sit down for a minute, if, if you're willing, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Tell me, where do you think that comes from? What, what, what's behind that, right? Um, that's a sad state of affairs. Right. Because, Jeff, your kids, my kids, other kids maybe, right? Potentially, I had parents that did sit them down. Did say, hey, I just want to let you know. But is that the norm? No, it's not. Because we don't have the time to do it. We don't make the time to do it. Yeah, well played. Yeah, we don't make the time to do it. And quite frankly, you know, as core beliefs are, as these neural pathways are developed, you have a society that puts a high premium on things that won't address this. Mm -hmm. You know, we put a high premium on your education level. We put a high premium on your position, your power, how much money you have. All of these things that seemingly, right, are the keys to everything you want. But as I said to a client recently, when you need a resource and it hasn't been developed, there's a huge vacuum. Mm -hmm. There's a huge vacuum. And now we're in a world where just using your intellect is not enough. So I know the work that we're doing and we're trying to reach more and more is to help people to understand, wow, what are my core beliefs? And Jeff, as I pivot here, this is not just a message for our audience or for you Mm -hmm. because I started examining because the catalyst, a lot of what I've experienced in the last week or so um, has led me down that path as well. So I want to talk a little bit about – how do we approach them just on, on, on the basis of where I'm at today, where you are in your, in your life, and then talk about how maybe you can take the negative core beliefs and begin to move toward developing a new neural pathway where you see things differently. Um, so I have struggled from time to time over the years with imposter syndrome and um for those out there that maybe are not familiar with the imposter syndrome, and I'll, I'll try not to butcher the definition of it, but ultimately in short, it basically means that you are not as competent as you might be perceived or portray. Okay. And what it can do, um, 
I always remember uh, Maya Angelou uh, as being a famous one who suffered with imposter syndrome. And I remember reading an interview with her where how she said she, it was for her was that even when she would have this great success, you know, one of her books being lauded and, you know, the reviews are just, it's the most incredible thing. Mm -hmm. She would have a voice in her head said, yeah, they see it now, but just wait, they're going to find you out. They're going to find you are not what you say that you are, how you behave, how you portray. So imposter syndrome says that. So, um, I've started the process, and I'm audience. I'm kind of wrapping this story in the steps I have taken to begin to address. Uh, this may not be a fit for you. We don't prescribe here, right? right. I'm just going to give you my example, and if it works for you, great. If not, there are probably many others out there that you can find. So um, I pulled out my uh, note-taking app on my tablet, and I began to do some writing. Okay, what are my current core beliefs? I'm focusing on the ones that are tripping me up, that are causing me, causing blocks in my progression of moving forward. Okay. One of those is imposter syndrome. So I learned this from a psychiatrist who basically said one of the ways to tackle core beliefs is to start with, for example, one example, a sentence. And the sentence should go, I am, and then blank. Obviously, Jeff, what that basically is communicating, you fill in the blank. So in my case, what would trip me up is I am an imposter or I am not competent. Okay, give or take, right? Do you have others? Uh, I am angry. I, I am uh, I am. I'm prejudiced. I'm not worth anything. Fill in the blank. There's all these things. If those are things that trip you up, okay? I've given you mine. Mm -hmm. Mine is the imposter thing. But for other people, it could be those others that I listed, right? Or that noted. Um, then what I'm doing and learn from the same psychiatrist is this idea of flipping the statement, the sentence to a positive. So instead of saying, I am an imposter, I am, I am not competent, I would say, I am authentic. Mm. I am skilled. Or I could say, I am competent. Right. Right? It's more than just statements of affirmation. It, it has that flavor to it. But what I'm doing is I'm reframing and I've started building a new neural pathway so that I will make my go-to, I am competent, I am authentic, versus I am an imposter, I am not competent, right? In my faith walk, that's connected to my relationship with God. It's connected to my seeing myself the way he sees me. So I use that as extra fuel, if not the fuel, to move that to where all of a sudden, I begin to use the new neural pathway of I am authentic versus the old neural pathway that said I'm an imposter. And Jeff, one of the things I love about our time doing this show, mm -hmm. I remember the first time we started talking about neural pathways, you said the thing we got to also realize, Eric, is that the old 
neural pathways <laughs> don't go away. Okay? Very, very important. Hate to disappoint you guys out there. It was disappointing to me when Jeff said that. <laughs> it was kind of a bummer because, yeah, I was kind of hoping, well, here's what happens. We just drop an atom bomb on the old neural pathway, <laughs> and it's never seen again. So I've, I've learned, and I'm still learning, that it's okay that it's there. Mm-hmm. I can be curious about it. And curious maybe in those moments when I want to go, Jeff, I think I'm going to take the old neural pathway, the one that says I'm an imposter. Well, why, why do you want to do that? <laughs> it feels like I'm an imposter. Are you, though? I mean, having that conversation, flesh it out. Are you an imposter? No, no, I'm not an imposter. So the new neural pathway is the much better way to go because that's the one that makes it clear that it's true. Mm-hmm. You are authentic. You are competent. On and on and on. So it's taking the negative, the one that's tripping you up. And if you can do it again, Jeff, can't stress it enough with curiosity. It's okay that you are afraid. It's okay that you feel you're inadequate. It's okay if you feel like you're not worth anything. If you're curious, because then again, you are going to put yourself in a position where you can begin to see it from a different angle. You can begin to reframe it. You can begin to question it. Well, wait a minute. Am I worth nothing? Is that true? Is that really true? And then shifting to, I'm worth much. I am. You know, you, you, you go back to your, what you talked about, how your faith walk. Mm-hmm. How does God see me? Yes. Oh, I, and Jeff, just straight out, man, that, that, that's a daily prayer for me. Lord, let me see myself the way you see me. Because I'm just being transparent here, Jeff. I've struggled with this imposter thing for a long time. And my my tendency, and if you were to look at my game film, I have a tendency to want to go to, because the, there's something very compelling about the imposter. And it's because of a core belief. Mm-hmm. Right? So for me, full trance, when I was a kid, okay, I had a a parental figure that made it very clear to me in a one-time conversation that I was not competent. Mm. I didn't have what it took. And as an eight-year-old, took everything that was said, every nonverbal expression as being truth. And like many of us, I took that truth, right, in quotation marks, Mm -hmm. I took what was said to me and I took it with me out into the world. I took it out in the world and when I got out into the world as an adult, the way I would defeat it is I would perform, right? Because then I could quiet the voices. But it was just, it, it was it was faulty. It, it was built on sand because eventually it would catch up to me. <laughs> and I'm thankful that it did catch up to me because now I can, I, I've, I've been able to go, yes, I do remember that conversation when I was eight. Yes, it was expressed to me that way. But you know what, Jeff? It wasn't true. And that parental figure, they delivered that to me. I've even had 
the opportunity to apply empathy even to that past situation. Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe someone just told them, you're not competent. Right. Right? And someone could say, but you don't know what they've done. You, they shouldn't have. Guys, some of this is a healthy selfishness. Mm-hmm. I want to be healthy and whole inside. Negative core beliefs goes counter to that. You know, it's not selfish to want to be the best you mm. because the best you is the, the, the you that can impact other people. Yes, Jeff. And, and where I'm going with that too is that if we are not careful, we can buy into believing that these core beliefs, whoever gave us the negative one or whoever dispensed information that we embraced, um, they're bad people. Hmm. They were wrong. They should not have done that. They should pay for that. Right? Right. And I know. Trust me, I know. All of that bitterness, anger, resentment is drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Right. It just does not work. And if you want to be healthy, if you want to have healthy relationships, that's kind of the mode here. That's where I'm going with it. Now, kind of the last thing is we talk about, well, what do we do next, right? So as with everything, this is a practice. If you listen to this show and the next day you have an expectation that you will have pivoted and reframed and everything's better and it's all good now, <laughs> I would tell you, save yourself some disappointment and get to the gym of emotional intelligence, spiritual emotional intelligence, <laughs> and start get to work on it Right, and do it every day and, and begin to... Begin to build a practice that makes you not only very aware of what your core beliefs are, but which ones are serving you and which ones are, are not, mm-hmm. right? Because as I said, Jeff, the negative ones get the most publicity and they are typically the ones that most people carry as core beliefs. Mm-hmm. But even, you got to remember that the positive ones, they have the same potential impact. Mm-hmm. That same ripple effect again. So maybe today it's, hey, we have listened to some of the past episodes. I know we just recently did one about celebrating other people's success. Maybe it's your opportunity to start building these new neural pathways that I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to be super intentional about that. Mm -hmm. And it will create a ripple effect. It is, it's like a snowball. And I know that, you know, we connotate the snowball as this, oh my gosh, it started off small and then it turned into an avalanche and destroyed blah, blah, blah. We've seen too many cartoons. Probably, all right. <laughs> but that snowball effect works on the positive as well. Right. You know, and, and I think that as we do that, we begin to obviously become healthier individually, but then it starts to spread. You know, I, th- I think there is a vacuum out there that is waiting to be filled. Oh, and yeah. you can fill this vacuum with the negative, or you can fill it with the positive. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to stay empty. One yeah. of those two things is going to happen. It's just the way it is. There's 
Well, you know what I think about Jeff when you 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 use that that imagery. I think of an apple pie. Mm-hmm. You have apples that are ripe and are ready to be used, and then you have apples that have rot through them. Mm-hmm. Which would you choose? Exactly. Right now, I want to make it very clear for the audience. If you find uh, our stories and our experiences and how we're approaching um, these different issues and specifically core beliefs, and you find yourself, I can't get out of my bitterness, Eric. I can't. I have. I tried, and I and I every time that I try, it gets, it's it's harder. Or I know. I know I'm worth something, but I I can't escape that. I know I'm not. That might be a sign for you to reach out to a clinician Mm -hmm. that can do some deeper work than a podcast episode to be sure, right? And can maybe help you navigate in such a way that we can't give you in our world because, again, we're not clinicians. So maybe as you assess things after you've listened to the show, it's like, are you in that place of, I can't, I've tried to see myself as being worth something. I've tried to, to let go of the bitterness. Again, turn on your curiosity. Oh, I'm not a bad person. It just may mean I need to, I mean, I need to reach out to a clinician. So, Jeff, any final thoughts on core beliefs? They're important. Just like emotional intelligence, they're not static. Yeah. And you can make the decision to change them. And that's the key thing. And, and be, you know, I'm glad you said that last one, especially. And be patient and be empathetic mm. to yourself. Right. This is not, there is no, okay, travel five miles and it'll be on the right. Just, just take the step. Human beings are complicated. Yeah. <laughs> just remember that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We truly appreciate it. And we look forward to the next time we're together. Take care.